0: Narrative is funded by viewers like you. Support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative. Last week on the show, I said, I wasn't saying that there shouldn't be no prosecutions, by the way. I was saying that there is room for um, other... People, even if leaders are going to if like Biden, wants to go out there and say, um, "I need to make a deal with whomever in order to unify the country because we have other priorities to deal with." I would be fine with them having that room to do that. I personally would love to throw every single one of them in jail, you know, years ago, and we should have thrown them all in jail years ago. That's the problem. That's how we got here. But now that we're in the situation we're in, you know, the priority of this country is going to be either we. Unify together and fight a common enemy, which will either be Russia or China or China and Russia or whatever amalgam of countries you want to throw in there. Or we're going to be fighting each other forever because that's what they're trying to do. That's what the whole idea behind Trump getting into his helicopter and flying off to some rally and then off to some guerrilla camp to do whatever on some secret island. That's what the whole idea is to create the the facade of uh, of. Of, um, of a force that is going to continuously divide America. that's gonna keep fueling our division until you know, th- just, we're just tired. And while all that's gonna happen, we're gonna miss the fact that we need to be fighting China and Russia and what they're doing to, to the rest of the world and, and to the United States. And so and for me- And to the me, planet. And to the planet. And so that to me is, the, is a trade off. It's not about, oh, you let these guys get off the hook. Of course you don't let them off the hook. You wanna throw them in jail. But if you're going to let them throw them in jail, does it come at a cost where you know you're now allowing your real enemies, your main enemies, to actually get a foot up? And I think that that might be a little bit of what's be, what could be happening. And I understand the drive to to throw people in jail. And I've spent four years going getting so angry at every page I've written and and every story we've broken because it's like just how could be, how could people get away with so much and for so long? Mm-hmm. But we need to think about our survival and how America secures itself going forward. And I say this only because of my experience in South Africa and watching people like Nelson Mandela, Mm -hmm. who having spent 27 years in jail, uh, and some of it might've been in a house within a prison, but still in jail for 27 years, did something extraordinary. I mean, you know, Nelson Mandela single-handedly ended apartheid. He, he didn't discuss it with the ANC. He didn't discuss it with anybody else. He uh, just out of the blue, called the prime minister, uh, de Klerk, and said, I want to talk. I'm ready to talk. I'm not going to say denouncing violence, but I want to talk. These, these, these allies within the ANC and within the party over there were furious. They were like, he's an old man. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's going to get caught in a trap. He's going to uh, you know, give, away, give away everything we've worked for for the last you know, 20 or 30 years or while he's been in prison. How could he do this? us? How could he betray us? and he was determined to keep doing it you know he went out of his way to to uh, not only reach out to the clerk but reach out to the entire country and i want to play you the speech from the day he came out of prison it's just 2 minutes long but it's really inspiring in many ways because okay. he walked out of prison having you know got this deal to be allowed to walk out of prison without renouncing violence and then he made this speech that was so conciliatory that was all about unifying people
1: okay. South Africans, I greet you all in the name of peace, democracy, and freedom for all. I stand here before you not as a prophet, but as a humble servant of you, the people. Your tireless and heroic sacrifices have made it possible for me to be here today. I therefore a place The remaining years of my life in your hands. On this day of my release, I extend my sincere and warmest gratitude to the millions of my compatriots. And those in every corner of the globe who have campaigned tirelessly for my religion. So that
0: was uh, Mandela on February 11th, uh, 1990. And you know, this is a man who could have gone completely the other way. He could have gone out there and declared war and just, you know. God, God killed everybody, killed everybody, arrested everybody, throw them in jail. That was the fear. That was everyone's big fear in South Africa, and yet he had the presence of mind as an individual, just as a single person, not even as part of a, of a party, to go out of his way, to reach out. Um, and what he then did when he became the the president of the United of, of, of South Africa is he he leaned into the Rugby, uh, World Cup that was coming into, into South Africa, uh, because it was. It was just the right timing. South Africa was rugby mad. At least white South Africa was rugby mad. And up until then, the black people in South Africa had been supporting the non-South African teams uh, because mostly the, the South African team was a white team. And mm. it's uh, and Mandela met with uh, Francois Pinar, which was the captain of the of the Springbok team. And he mm-hmm. invited him for tea. And there's a movie about it, Enictus, which I can show you a little Invictus. clip of. Yeah. He, in that movie, he... And in, movie, and in reality, he invites Peanut for tea and he says, we're going to win. We need to find hope where there isn't hope or something like that, or that hope mm. can be found. And he, they won. They really did win. It was kind of amazing. It unified an entire country because um, I remember that day like it was yesterday. That moment of South Africa winning the World Cup meant just everything to South Africa. And everyone did it together. Everyone went into the streets and celebrated. And it was almost like... In that one moment at least and maybe didn't last for much longer but for that one moment at least it had helped solidify a new future for south africa and if we fight against each other and if we throw people in jail and we start prosecuting each other and we you know constantly remind people of what's happened in the past we want to learn what happened in the past, but we don't want to have to go back there and revisit and, and, and keep going at it. We, we run the risk of sort of landing up in a very difficult situation. Um, and I'd rather you know, imagine a, a future of hope and destiny and of a, so that a United uh, America where, where we can actually continue to achieve all the wonderful things that our founding fathers said that we would, um, rather than land up dividing ourselves into sort of a, into separate camps. That does not mean that I don't think people should be prosecuted. They should be prosecuted, but I think we do we need, need to a think about this. Truth reco-
2: and reconciliation. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you also have that. You have to. We have to get the facts out about mm-hmm. what really happened. There are this, this, it, it, just, just the last year alone, just COVID alone, yeah. um, mass death, mass death. So it's not about. Oh, you know, we want vengeance and to grab people, throw them in jail, lock up. There's none. Yeah. It's not that it's mm. we need to know. We don't even need, we don't truly know. And we have our we have our suspicions. We have our fact patterns. We have what we can bring out. I can prove the organized crime shit left, right and center. Mm. But, you know, is this guy was this guy a puppet of a, of a foreign uh, government, a hostile foreign government? Uh, government, you know, there's, there is, I don't know if we'll get that answer, but there's a lot of stuff in here that we need real light on, real daylight on so that we can know what, how we codify our norms into laws. How do we do it? How do we do it so we never end up here again, right? So we don't have, and, and I know that everyone's like, well, what are we going to do with all these people who voted for Trump? Well, you know, a lot of them are radicalized and, and that 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 starts to when that starts to crash into facts and investigations and information that comes forward, um, people's that that's how you get the people who can come out of that bubble, come out of it. Right. Mm-hmm. The people who can't come out of it, at least they're neutered to a certain degree, um, you know, and go go back under their rocks. We need to know what the fuck Fox News has been up to all this mm-hmm. time. The, what is this? Um, you, you know this this sort of state TV, and what do we do about that? Mm-hmm. So there's mm-hmm. stuff you brought up, Newsmax. it's all. All there's an architecture connecting all of these. Absolutely, fucking,
0: absolutely.
2: Know, all of these, all of this propaganda, right? How do we handle propaganda as Americans, with you know wanting to have first keep our First Amendment, understanding how important freedom of press and freedom of speech is, and that we can never sacrifice that. But is that what this is? i'm not sure mm-hmm. if it's if it's if it's people coming in that are being bankrolled by by dark money that we don't even know where the fuck that money's coming from it's just right? foreign so propaganda
0: that's not even it's you know, that's, an, foreign attack on propaganda.
2: that's yeah. an attack that's a weapon mm-hmm. so we got to get in there and really start figuring out yes we need the fairness doctrine back you know everyone's been bringing that up there's there's stuff that we can do that keeps and preserves all these great parts of our democracy and gets this this disease out of it Mm
1: -hmm.
2: this is a disease this guy has brought in and and surfaced and and yes it's been there for a long time just waiting for an avatar like the like the like the diaper wearing you know (laughs) african dictator wannabe you know (laughs) it is you know orange ape that we got right now right like he activated it all so yeah. um you know but that it, yes it's been there yes he animated it all so what are we going to do about it what are we going to do about it we need to do shit and you can't you can't do that um with the super bowl we ne- we do need re- uh, reconciliation we do need uh, we need some truth we need some Trump crimes commissions
0: we need no, to for sure for sure is. we need to know the yeah. truth
2: so with regards to
3: maybe tie this whole episode together there's a mm-hmm. piece of news um oh, good. that that's a I mean <laughs>
2: <Please do. laughs>
3: so let's <Just> try Mike,
2: <laughs> it's been an amazing conversation please tie it together
3: let's go <laughs> so Michael Weiss came out uh, and published um yes, the yes. the aquarium leaks which is a project I've been waiting for for months now, which is the leaked files from the Russian military intelligence GRU unit five four seven seven seven, I think. Um, which is the propaganda unit explaining how Russian propaganda works, how the Psyops work, and how there is no out of the the GRU, out of the Russian main the main director. Uh, Keep going, keep going. There you go. No problem. (laughs) Gong. Um, I mean, this is uh, this. These are original language manuals that came out of how they think about the world. And it is a revelation for everybody that has been on the front lines of the narrative war for the last four years. Definitely. Because one, there is no line between war and peace for them. So the Russians have been at war with us the whole time, right? They... The
2: whole time.
3: Wow, that's fascinating. I
0: didn't realize that at all. Do we lose you there? Oh, no. I think it's really fascinating that they've been at war with us all along and it's not surprising. Yeah. In fact, I think we've been very naive in some ways in, in in the United States. We've thought that people have been our friends that have not been our friends. And we've thought that there are, you know, just we've, we've been naive a little bit. Maybe that's not a terrible thing, but we have to deal with it now. Um, yeah. I think we just dodged a big bullet with Trump and we want to make sure that we fundamentally oh, yeah. re-entrench our rights and our, and our freedoms so that they don't, you know that they that don't take them away from us, especially when it comes down to that surveillance.
2: Americans have gotten finally gotten an experience that so much of the rest of the world has had, mm-hmm. and that is having a really, really, really corrupt, <laughs> you know, mobster as a as a as a president. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a criminal, criminal presidency uh, beyond Richard Nixon saying I'm not a crook and then having you know being a crook. It, it, this is a whole whole other level of stuff. And you, understandably, we can all say, well, you know, cause I I am gonna, I do plan when this COVID is over, Zev, I plan on traveling again. I would love I hope to so. travel. I'd love to cross some borders. I'd love to see, and I am- We're gonna see,
0: it, we're gonna meet each other in, in person. We have
2: to. Yeah, we'll meet in person. I haven't yeah. met any of the, any anybody That's in person. Crazy. So I can't wait for that. It's crazy. So it would be, um, you know, we could, you could. I think everyone who's been resisting Trump and you know the majority of Americans, we certainly don't want to be judged as Americans for this guy, right? Um, we, yeah. And so now, hopefully, we can see. You know, I'm hopeful. I am hopeful for Russia. I do think it's, it's an incredibly corrupt place. I don't know how they're going to do it. I think having. Us, right, having Joe in there, they can help the Russian people maybe throw off these fucking strongmen finally, mm-hmm. right? And this addiction that they have to strongmen um, that only end up really exploiting the Russian people and really terrorizing them. So, you know, we don't want to be judged. <laughs> We don't want everyone to, I want to be an American and be able to go to Europe and be able to go places and not have people go, oh, you're American. Ah, get away, Donald Trump. Right? You guys are horrible. You know, we. I think we have to keep our minds open for, yes, these people have not been our friends. Our allies have not been our allies. Enemies never stop being our enemies where they were enemies and not conflate that with The people themselves. And really, I I think we can throw, I think humanity can throw off these regimes. I I, I do too. I really do. The thing that
0: held South Africa together was that people really liked each other. At the end of the day, it was, no. it, was it was their joint country. They didn't really want to go fighting against each other. Even Nelson Mandela no. was in a house in a prison and looked, you know, had a driver and and uh, you know, at least the end of his imprisonment was looked after because people didn't really hate each other. It was a system that created a lot of hate and that a system that created a lot of um, you know despair. But it certainly did not mean that people didn't like each other. They loved each other. And that came through in the election when they finally did have it. So, uh, and I think that's true for for America as well. You mentioned um, Archbishop Tutu. I'm going to leave. This is the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. This is uh, something he said um, in a book that he later wrote. And then we'll end the show with Invictus, a scene from Invictus. And then we'll see you back here on Friday for the after show. So this is what he said, he said, forgiveness does not relieve someone from responsibility for what they have done. It is not about letting someone off the hook. Forgiveness is simply understanding that every one of us is both inherently good and inherently fraud. Within every hopeless situation and every seemingly hopeless person lies the possibility of transformation. Narrative is funded by viewers like you. Support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative.
3: Today, President Mandela takes office in Pretoria, balancing black aspirations with white fears.
1: Remember this day, boys. This is a day our country went to the dogs. Brothers, sisters, this is the time to build our nation. All of the whites are cheering for South Africa. All of the blacks are cheering for England. How long before the World Cup? Don't get your hopes up. We're a damn disgrace. I've been invited to tea. With who? The president. Tell me, Francois, how do we inspire ourselves to greatness where nothing less will do? How do we inspire everyone around us? What did he want? I think he wants us to win the World Cup.
3: This rugby is a political calculation. It is
1: a human calculation. According to the experts, we'll reach the quarterfinals and no further. According to the experts, you and I should still
3: be in jail. Times change. We need to change as well. We become more than just a rugby team. Did you ever imagine this? How could I? Do you
1: hear? Listen to your country. This is it.
0: This
3: is our destiny.
2: I was thinking about how you spent 30 years in the tiny cell and come out ready to forgive the people who put you there.